Hey folks, welcome to Dad's Read Princess Stories, the podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. I am your host, RPJ, and if you didn't already know it, this season is all about Cinderella. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, each week, a dad from around the world reads a Cinderella-esque tale for all of you. There are hundreds and hundreds of versions of this tale, and it has been around since 850 AD in China. Each dad reads in their own voice. And sometimes they'll do a silly voice or a caricature. They might do little comedic asides. They might do asides that aren't funny at all, commenting on what's going on in the story. Or they might just do a normal, straight, nice read. It varies from dad to dad. And at the end of each tale, every dad will give you what they think is the moral of the story. Now, this moral can be funny or serious. It can be what they think the moral is from the point of view of the author. Or what the moral is connecting to today's society. It changes with every dad and every tale. So what tale will you be hearing today? Well, today's Cinderella-esque tale is Small Head and the King's Son by Joseph Jacobs. Now, Small Head and the King's Son is a Celtic Cinderella tale that was actually collected by Joseph Jacobs and printed in his book More Celtic Fairy Tales in 1895. Reading Small Head and the King's Son is Trevor Hinton. Trevor Hinton has been calling Canada's West Coast home for the past 18 years. And when not performing on stage or film, he does what he can by helping the massive homeless community living in Victoria and Vancouver via the Kool-Aid Society and the Portland Hotel Society. This December, Being Daddy will become his number one full-time and favorite job which shows you that he's not a dad yet because he has so much energy. I mean, hopefully, that energy never goes away. We hope you enjoy Trevor Hinton reading Small Head and the King's Son. Once upon a time in Ireland... There lived a woman who married a man of high degree and had one daughter. Soon after the birth of the daughter, the husband died. The woman was not long a widow when she married a second time and had two daughters. These two hated their half-sister, thought that she was not so wise as another, and nicknamed her Smallhead. Well, this man died when his own eldest girl was fourteen and the mother began to pine away. Smallhead was kind to her mother, and the mother was fonder of her eldest daughter than of the other two who were ashamed of her. These two devised a wicked plot. One day, mother half-sister was gone. They put the mother in a pot, boiled her, and threw the bones outside. When Smallhead came home, there was no sign of the mother. 
how she lamented. Yet even though her two horrible sisters did everything they could think of to make Small Head leave, she would not. At last, they decided that they would go and leave her behind. But she followed them and begged them to come home. And the neighbors saw. So once again, these two vile plotters settled then to kill Small Head. So... One day, they took twenty needles and scattered them outside in a pile of straw. We are going to that hill beyond to stay till evening, they declared. If you have not all the needles that are in that straw outside gathered and on the table before us, we'll have your life. And off they went. Now, their sister sat down and she was crying bitterly when a short gray cat walked in and spoke to her. Why do you cry and lament so? it asked. My sisters abuse me and beat me, answered Smallhead. This morning they said that they would kill me in the evening unless I had all the needles in the straw outside gathered before then. And the cat said, Sit down and dry your tears. Then I went out and snap! Before Small Head knew it, the cat was back with the needles. It told her that it was her mother. And the cat purred and rubbed against her, telling her that she must look after her sisters no matter what. When her half-sisters came home, oh, but they were vexed and angry! And that night, they crept silently away, planning never to return. But Smallhead tracked them and learned where they were from the villagers. Then she hurried to rescue them because they had taken service in a cottage and the woman who lived there was really an old hag, a terrible enchantress. When Smallhead got to the hag's hut, she asked for lodging for the night. Her sisters recognized her, but were too scared to say a word. That night, Smallhead lay awake. She heard the enchantress telling her son that he should kill all three servant girls that night, and that she would mark them by putting ribbons around their neck. So, that way, he would not confuse them with his own three sisters, who slept in the same bedroom. And when her small head heard the witch come in and felt her tie a ribbon around her neck, she pretended to be deeply asleep. As soon as the woman left, small head removed the ribbons from her neck, yoink, and those of her sisters, yoink, yoink, yoink. Quickly, she tied them around the necks of the enchantress's daughters and led her sisters quickly and quietly out of the cottage. They crept through the garden and to the bridge of blood. Now, whoever had killed a person could not cross the bridge. When the three girls came to the bridge, the two sisters stopped they could not go a step further. Smallhead ran across and went back again. If I did not know that you killed our mother, said she, I might know it now 
for this is the bridge of blood. Then she carried her sisters over, one at a time. Just as she reached the far side, she heard the witch yelling, Bad luck to you, small head! I did not know it was you that was in last evening. You have killed my three daughters! It wasn't I that killed them, but yourself, said Smallhead, and she and her sisters ran away. She told them, Go now and ask for service. Be faithful and do well. You can never go back by the road you came. So the girls went on to a castle and found work. Smallhead took lodgings at the house of the blacksmith nearby. She asked the man's wife to help her find work at the castle and took a job in the kitchen, and it was arranged. Smallhead worked hard and made friends at the castle. She learned that the king who lived there had two sons. One day, the son who lived at home was right outside the kitchen door. Smallhead boldly asked him why he did not marry. At first he thought her foolish for such a question, but then was glad to confide It was because my grandfather bound my father by an oath never to let his oldest son marry until he could get the Sword of Light, and I'm afraid that I shall be long without marrying. When Smallhead heard that the sword was hidden in a cottage where an enchantress lived, with her three daughters and one son, she knew what to do. First, she made the prince promise that he would marry her eldest sister if she brought back the sword. Then she bought a stone weight of salt and snuck back to the witch's hut. She hid in the fireplace, and when the son was fixing his mother's stirabout, she slipped the salt in bit by bit until it was all in the pot. Then she stole the candles, tipped out the drinking basin, and waited. Sure enough, as soon as it was dark, the hag started to eat her stew, and she soon cried for water, and when the basin was found to be empty, sent her son for more. But the candles were gone. Oh, how the witch's mouth burned. She could not wait for daylight to fetch the water, but gave her son the sword of light which she kept hidden so that he could fill her cup. That's when Smallhead ran out and grabbed it from him and was all the way back to the Bridge of Blood when he knew it. Of course, the sun could not cross, and Smallhead ran all the way back to the castle and gave the sword to the king, and he married his eldest son to her sister. Now, Smallhead befriended the other prince and learned that his father would not let him marry until he found the black book, which used to shine and give brighter light than ever the Sword of Light did. So, Smallhead told him she would get it, if only he would marry her sister. The promise was made, and now Smallhead gathered a bag of soot. Once again, she hid in the witch's cottage, and this time, while the sun was fixing her stirabout, She dumped the soot in bit by bit. Then she dumped the drinking basin out again and hid. Sure enough, as soon as the hag began to eat, she spat and cursed and demanded that her son fix a new pot. 
But where was the water? There was nothing for it but for the son to go to the well and draw more. But the lad trembled and cried at the thought of going near the well in the black night. And at last, his mother gave him the black book to light his way. No sooner had he set it by the well, that small head grabbed it and ran away. The hag came out and saw what had happened, and she thrust a knife into her son's heart. Yeah. She's nasty. When the old woman got to the bridge, she yelled, Oh, then, bad luck to you, small head. I will put a curse on you wherever you go. You have all my children killed, and I, a poor, feeble old woman. Bad luck to yourself, said small head. If you had lived an honest life, you wouldn't be where you are today. And she ran back to the castle and gave the book to the king. And her other sister married the second prince. A week later, Smallhead went back to the hut. And the witch begged her pardon. She promised to pay her well if the girl would look after her in her old age. Now that she had killed all of her own children. So, Smallhead took service there, and her duty was to wait on the hag and look after a large pig that she had. I'm fatting that pig, the hag told her. And one day, the enchantress commanded Smallhead to slaughter the pig as her sister was coming for a visit. So, Smallhead tried, but the pig knocked the kettle over on Smallhead's bare feet. So she grabbed a switch and struck the beast as hard as she could. In that moment, the pig was a splendid young man. He told her that the witch had enchanted him and that he would marry her if she could help him escape. So Smallhead promised that she would, struck him once more to turn him back into a pig, and then pushed him out the door. That night... When the hag and her sister were asleep, Smallhead hit the pig again, and they both turned into doves, and they flew away. Um, And then when they landed in front of the king's castle, an old woman tried to grab them, so they turned themselves into brooms, naturally, and began sweeping the street. And when the people were gone, they regained their forms. But at the moment they did, the king of Ulster's daughter was passing by, and the prince fell in love with her. He announced that he would marry her and the king should be preparing for a feast. That's when Smallhead offered to amuse the strangers at the wedding. When the celebration began, she came forward and raised the window, which was 40 feet from the ground. She had a small ball of thread in her hand. She tied one end to the thread to the window, threw the ball out and over a wall near the castle. Then she passed out the window, walked on the thread, and kept time to the music from players that no man could see. Amazing. So all cheered her and were greatly delighted. I can do that, said the king of Ulster's daughter, and sprang out on the string. But As she did, she fell and broke her neck on the stones below. After her funeral, the king of Munster said, 
She's not to blame. Well, a year later, the king got the daughter of the king of Connacht for his son. And as the Connacht people are full of enchantment and witchcraft, the king of Munster called Smallhead and said, Now show the best trick of any. So, at the proper time, she threw two grains of wheat on the floor and spoke some magic words. There was a hen and a cock there before her of beautiful plumage. She threw a grain of wheat between them. The hen sprang to eat the wheat. The cock gave her a blow of his bill. Poof. The hen drew back, looked at him, and said, Bad luck to you. You wouldn't do the like of that when I was serving the old hag and you her pig. And I made a man of you and gave you back your own form. And the king's son suddenly remembered his love for her. Now, Smallhead threw a second grain, and the cock pecked the hen again. Oh, you would not do that the day the hag's sister was hunting us, and we two doves. As the third grain of wheat was tossed, the cock struck the hen, and she said, You would not do that to me the day I made two heather brooms out of you and myself. And then Smallhead threw the fourth grain of wheat, and the cock pecked the hen a fourth time. You would not do that the day you promised not to let any living thing kiss you or kiss anyone, yourself, but me. And you let the hound kiss you, and you forgot me. And that's when the whole story became clear again to the prince. Very clear. This is my wife. I'll marry no other woman, said he. And the king of Connacht said, Whose wife will my daughter be? But the prince just said, Oh, she will be the wife of the man who will marry her. My son gave his word to this woman before he saw your daughter, and he must keep it. So Smallhead married the king of Munster's son. So, the moral of this story is pretty much... You should probably be pretty honest, because when you do things dishonestly, when you lie, you know, when, you, when you kill people, stuff like that, bad things happen to you. Don't do it. Be good. You'll have a magical life. I think that's probably pretty true. Anyway, well, that's it. Good night! That was Trevor Hinton reading Small Head and the King's Son by Joseph Jacobs. You can follow this podcast, Dads Read Princess Stories, on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. You can also sign up for our emails. It's quite simple. We only send out once a week. You go to dadsreadprincessstories.transistor.fm. There will be a link in the episode bio for you. And then you hit subscribe. And then what will happen is once a week, we'll send you an email letting you know when the episode's coming out, where you can get it, who's reading, and what the story is about. If you are so inclined to leave a kind word or a star review on whichever app you are listening to this podcast, I'm not going to stop you. In fact, I would be very grateful if you did that. It'd be very kind of you. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. <laughs>